Are you ready to start the second phase of your career journey? Do you feel like you are drowning in and overwhelmed with information about becoming an entrepreneur? Do you wish someone could just give you the step-by-step playbook and hold your hand through the whole process and save you time, money, and energy? Are you frustrated with your lack of progress and wish there was an easier way to grow an audience or scale your business? Maybe you already have a business, but you're stuck, not growing, and not getting the clients you dreamed of. In my one-to-one six-month coaching program, we will work together to identify your niche and ideal audience, discover clarity and confidence, differentiate you from all others in your area of expertise, all while working on mindset. You'll walk away after six months with a strong foundation for brand and business success. You'll have access to my templates, learn email marketing, Pinterest marketing, how to blog, we'll review your website copy, and you'll even get an intro to SEO and so much more. Don't have a website? Don't worry. Through my boutique brand agency, my team and I build brands and launch businesses. You can think of it as a brand in a box. We do it all for you and with you. No need to get multiple estimates and work with people all over the place. It's one-stop shopping. After six months, you'll be able to launch or relaunch your business with confidence and be on the fast track for success. No more overwhelm, frustration be gone. When you hire me as your business coach, you don't have to build a business alone. You don't have to fail your way forward. No longer do you have to overinvest and settle for minimal results. Let me help and guide you step-by-step, piece-by-piece to create a long-term foundation for success and a thriving, profitable business. And let's have fun while we build it. To apply and connect to see if we're a good fit for each other, visit my website, therobingraham.com forward slash brand and business coach. I look forward to learning more about your goals and dreams and helping you make them a reality. Hello, friends. Welcome to the second phase podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Second Phase Podcast. Today, I have a very interesting guest, and she is going to enlighten us on what a book coach is. So if you haven't heard of a book coach, you are in for a treat, because this is a whole new realm of opportunity for entrepreneurs. And we're going to talk to her about the eight or nine books she's written. She's written in the nonfiction and fiction genres, and she is on Amazon and just overall an inspiring and incredible woman who is going to share not only her journey, but a ton of wisdom with you. And we're going to also talk about 
branding and how when you're starting something new and you've identified an opportunity to not only help others, but to scale your business because there is a need for a specific service, how you can use branding as a tool and also how to do it effectively. So grab your cup of coffee and we're going to dive right in and get started. Jenny Nash, welcome to the second phase podcast. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here. So I know that my introduction probably didn't even do you justice because you're so talented and you have so much work out there and you're doing so many incredible things to help others be able to bring their books to life. So I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you live, and a little bit more about your books and what you do and what your journey has been from the first phase to the second phase. Yes, I'm happy to do that. I am for sure in the second phase. (laughs) I feel like I'm beyond that. There's many phases. It's good to uh, have a long career, right? I started out where I wanted to be a writer. And I, after college, I went to New York and I did the whole thing. I worked at a publishing house and I worked at a magazine and I worked at Random House actually was my first job. So I was right in the thick of the publishing world. And I had an amazing opportunity to write and publish a book when I was quite young. I was 25 and it sort of fell into my lap in a really obnoxious way to people who were trying to to crack that hurdle, you know, throughout their whole lives. It just sort of happened to me early. and, And I was on this path to being a writer and living that dream. That was what I wanted to be. And I did that through, um, I had two children who are now grown and flown. And I did that through all the years when they were at home, working at home and doing my own writing. And as you said, and your intro writing novels, I was published by Penguin. I mean, I was doing the thing. And the interesting thing that happened during that journey was I began to teach writing and I was in the classroom. I was teaching a course in memoir at the UCLA Writers Program. And I loved teaching. I had never thought about teaching before, but I really loved it. I was good at it. And one of my colleagues asked me at a certain point if I would help her with a book idea that she had. And the reason she asked me was that she herself was a story analyst, which is somebody who works for an agent or the movie studios in Los Angeles, you know, reading proposals, basically reading story pitches or proposals. And she was brilliant at that, but had not done a lot of writing her own self. And the reason that she asked me was because I have a very market focused view of writing. There's a lot of writing that's taught from the standpoint of writing is fun or writing is therapeutic or writing is self-expression. And those are all really good reasons to write. But I always have had a very market-focused approach, which is writing to be read, writing to be published, writing with a goal or an outcome. And that was where my sweet spot was. And so she knew that. And so she asked if I would help her. And I, through that process of helping her, I developed systems and processes for guiding a writer through their project. And writing a book turns out to be an incredibly complex intellectual undertaking. And I think we minimize the project management nature of the work because our culture has this idea that books just spring out of people's minds, you know, or that they just go sit in their 
attic, you know, with their window and their cup of tea and spin this thing. And there are people that do that, but they're geniuses, you know, they're native geniuses at it. Most of the rest of us have to manage these very complex pieces. And so I, you can't do that in a classroom. It's one-on-one work. It's totally inefficient work. And when I had the opportunity to do it one-on-one with somebody and really walk them through the process, my brain just exploded. I loved it. It was so fun. I realized that I thought this way anyway, the process of creativity. And I was very fortunate in that the woman that I helped got a two book deal at a random house imprint. And her name was Lisa Cron and her book Wired for Story. The first book has become a beloved in the world of writers. And Lisa actually just came out with her third book, which I helped her with. So that very first experience was a massive success for me and for her. And from that point, my book coaching career took off to such an extent that it very quickly eclipsed my writing career that was the first shift I made was, okay, I'm going to be a book coach. So is a book coach different than an author coach? So there's a lot of different terms around this idea. And the way that I think of it, everybody knows what an editor is. An editor is somebody, when you're finished with a piece of writing, you give it to them and they, with their red pen, you know, goes through and, and improves it and makes it better. We all know what that is. And what A book coach is is somebody who's helping the writer while they're writing. So through the writing process. So we're not only working with the finished product of the writing, we're working with the writer. And that means working with giving them accountability, giving them feedback while they go, having an emotional sounding board for them while they do the work. And we typically are working with somebody for a long period of time, often six months, minimum nine months, a year or more. And that's because of the nature of writing a book just takes that long. So there are other kinds of coaches within the publishing universe. I use the term book coach because I'm focused on helping people write books. So you could have a writing coach who's helping somebody write blog posts or who's helping somebody write better presentations for their, you know, corporate work. So there's a lot of different ways you can help somebody with their writing, but I am helping somebody decide upon a structure for a book, get that book written, position that book in the marketplace, find the best path for that book to come into the marketplace. It's helping the writer work on a book. That's the way that I think of it. Okay. I like that. And then do you also help them with publishing that book? Do you teach them the avenues that they need to go and really evaluate for them or with them the options of self-publishing versus pitching to a publisher and getting it published by a big publishing house? Yeah, that's exactly right. And the publishing landscape has gotten extremely complex and confusing. It changes every day. There's new things popping up every day that, you know, I've never heard of that are suddenly viable players in the field. 
you know, all industries have undergone change in the last 10 or so years back when, before we had Netflix, before, you know, you had Spotify in the music world or the movie world and writing the same thing happened was the democratization. Access was no longer controlled by a few publishers. Now access could be had by anyone. And that publishing sort of got cracked open when the means of production was available to any writer. You didn't have to be chosen anymore. So a huge part of what I do with writers is help them understand there's other options uh, besides the two you named. There's self-publishing, there's traditional publishing, which is where you get an agent and you're working with one of the big publishers. And there's a whole lot of things in the middle now called hybrid publishing which is exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of a little bit of both. It's a little bit in the middle. And there's a lot of options there that are really attractive to people depending on who they are and what they're doing and what their goals are. So a lot of what I do with my clients is help them understand why do they want to write a book? What do they want to get out of this? What do they think it's going to do for them? Do they realize that that's not where the money's going to come from? Probably going to cost them to write a book. What's the ROI? Why are you doing it? So that whole market focus of understanding that this is a product, understanding how it's going to live in the world. I spent a huge amount of time talking to people about that. And along with that comes what I think is a fascinating topic, which is writing a book is raising your voice. It's claiming space. It's saying, I have something to say that is worthy of being heard. And When I work with people who are very accomplished in their fields, they might be CEOs of companies or experts that are well-known for their topic. Even those people struggle with this idea of stepping up on the soapbox and I'm going to be heard and I'm going to be known for this thing. And what right do I have to do that? And that goes hand in hand with publishing because what publishing is, is giving yourself a giant microphone, right? It's like amplifying your message. So as soon as you start talking about publishing, you're talking about your own self-worth, your own sense of your message, your own voice, your own right to speak. It becomes very connected, those two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that connection. And it's really a beautiful connection. It is. And I think it's one that often gets misunderstood or perhaps not given its due. If you look at the fiction side, so I work with writers on both fiction and nonfiction and memoir. But if you look at the fiction side, most people who want to write a novel have probably wanted to do that since they were 10 years old. They were probably a great reader. Books probably saved them at some time. They love books and they just want to do this thing, right? And they're so dead set on just doing the thing that they get into this mode, which I call the pick me mode or the choose me mode or like the Cinderella mode. Like they just want to be plucked out of obscurity and given a chance or given a place on the shelf. And they they get so wrapped up in that, that they forget that what they're actually doing is starting a business and creating a product. And they're going to have to think about branding. They're going to have to think about who their audience is, how to reach their audience. They're going to have to think about money and pricing and all of those things. And it's a kind of rude awakening for a lot of fiction writers. I think they make a lot of mistakes. There's a line in the sand. It's a really clear line. When you finish writing, and you begin to 
talk about publishing or you begin to ask those questions about the path to publishing or what is the best way for me to go or what track is right for me. As soon as you start asking those questions, you're over that line and you're no longer dreaming of writing a thing. Now you're talking about bringing a product into the world and making that transition is where a lot of writers go wrong and a lot of writers get in trouble and a lot of writers um, lose momentum or or fall off their their path. And that's often where a book coach can come in and help. Mm-hmm. I can see where that would happen very easily in terms of losing sight of all those action steps you have to do. Yeah. It's not just about putting, you know, choosing a cover and picking the colors and all of that and sticking it on a shelf. You have to actually brand it so that you can market it because you can't market it without having a brand and a solid foundation first. So that's a really key point. And I think a lot of creatives don't understand that. I see it a lot of times with photographers and artists as well where you know they think because they have this gift and they have this product or this piece of art that they can now sell they don't understand that they still have to be a brand they still have to represent themselves to the world and the world is going to have an opinion of them and they have to understand that and then they have to try to groom their audience for that so that they can create that perception that they want the audience to have so 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 important I'm glad you brought that up. We could talk about this all day because I agree so much that creative people think that the creativity stands in for branding or stands in for business decisions. Like if I'm a photographer, I'm a painter, or I'm a writer or whatever. It's the, the thing I make is my mm-hmm. brand or that they don't do that hard work and it can make such a massive difference to just talk a little bit at the beginning of a project about who is this for? How are they going to encounter it? What need are you filling? You know, all those questions that are are really what branding is about, not the book cover, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny because I've had a lot of authors come to me for headshots for their book covers with my photography business. And it's funny because they get that they have to have their picture, but they don't understand exactly what having their picture on that book cover means. And that picture on that book cover is so critical for building the no love and trust factor for becoming recognizable. Because at the end of the day, you're not just writing a book, you're going to have a platform going forward. And that platform may be speaking opportunities, it may be additional books down the road, it could be anything. I love that. It's so important. The headshot moment is part of what I'm talking about. Like, That's the moment when you're saying, I'm going to be in the world as an author. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to be a public figure. I'm going to have an object that people can buy. I'm going to have a website where they can learn about my work. Like that's a really big moment. And I think it's part of that shift that they have to go through. Like I'm a huge fan of get a professional headshot and do a session like I recently did this, I recently upgraded the photographs on my website and I did rent the runway. Like I did the whole nine yards because it's so important and it's so much a part of how you're being in the world as a writer and writers get really uncomfortable leaving their houses and, and they need help in, in doing that. So I love that you see that as 
a part of their growth as a public persona. Yeah, it's so important. You have to be visible and you have to represent yourself as who you are. And so many people who are creative or who are, you know, authors, they don't wear a lot of makeup. Like you said, they're in their house, they're behind their desk. They're like, you know, by themselves half of the time, just focusing and creating. And then you, you say they, but, but I don't, know what to wear and I don't wear makeup and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But that's okay because there's so many avenues to help you do that. And if you have a good photographer, they're going to have someone in their back pocket that's going to help you with the makeup or the hair or the the outfits, you know, or maybe they can help you with themselves. But anyway, that's all a whole nother conversation, right? But I'm glad you brought it up because I think it is so important, especially for creatives. And we have a lot of creatives who listen to the podcast. So that's fabulous. Okay. So now we know what a book coach does. And if anyone is looking to write a book, I think it's a great option to have someone who can really hold you accountable and hold your hand. Because I know it's very, it can be very overwhelming, very frustrating, and you can really get stuck in that place of procrastination when you're writing a book. So it's great to have someone on that journey with you. Now you mentioned something about cost when you were talking about those hybrid models. So my question to you is what is the cost difference between hiring a book coach and going with one of these hybrid book publishers? What you're paying for is slightly different. So a book coach is going to work with you to get you to the place where you're ready for what the hybrid publishers do. Mm -hmm. So what the hybrid publishers are going to do what a traditional publisher does, which is they're going to provide a copy editor, which is line by line editing to make sure, you know, every line is correct and logical and hanging together and a proofreader, which is correctness you're going to get that at a hybrid publisher or a traditional publisher. If you're self-publishing, you need to provide that for your own self. What a book coach does comes before that. It's much more what I would call developmental editing. So it's structural. What is the shape and structure of this book? How is it going to unfold on the page? You know, what are the elements that are going to be in it? It's much more foundational work. We're really designing what the book is and then executing that book. But the question of cost is a really good one because a good hybrid publisher is going to be an upfront investment for the writer. And that's often shocking to them because the traditional publishing model pays writers at the beginning. But the way the money flows is complicated and we're not going to get totally into it. But the takeaway is that at the end of the day, you have to put a lot into publishing a book, time, energy, and money. And if you're going to succeed, you have to put all three of those things in. And the question of how you publish is really a question of when you put the money in. So with a hybrid model, you're putting money in at the beginning and you're shouldering some of the risk of the project along with the publisher. In self-publishing, you're shouldering all of the burden right? And then in traditional publishing, they're paying you. So they're taking the burden of risk on themselves. But in the publishing model, the writer gets a smaller percentage of sales over time. Whereas in the hybrid model, you get a much bigger percentage. And then in self-publishing, you get the whole percentage. So there's questions of creative control There's questions of investment at the beginning and payoff at the end. So there's a lot of different questions around money and 
there's a path that's right for everybody that's balancing out all of those needs or ideas. But the the big takeaway is that it's going to cost you time, energy, and money. And working with a book coach is going to cost you all three of those things. And it's going to cost you all of those before you know that it's going to actually work. So it's a bit of a leap of faith for a writer to come to a book coach. And since book coaching is a new thing, in the beginning, I would mostly get people who had tried and failed in the regular process of publishing. So they had written something, they were getting rejected, they couldn't figure out why, they were not ready to give up, and they would come to me and say, what am I doing wrong? And so I would provide an analysis and evidence for what I think was going on, I would help them fix it, and then I would help them reach their goal. That was a lot in the beginning, more and more as people know what book coaches are, and as my reputation has grown, I'm getting people at the very beginning of their projects, which is just amazing because we can have, I can have such a big impact. They can make so much progress. It's just a really good time to invest. The best time to invest in your book is before you start. And it's going to add to the overall investment of what you've put into the book, but depending on what your goals are and why you're doing this and how it's part of a bigger career strategy it can make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I can see where that would make a lot of sense because it's so much easier for me to do things going forward versus having to backtrack. And I think if you do it right the first time, you're going to have more success when you go to pitch it or try to publish it, which is ultimately going to save you time and money at that point compared to the upfront cost and time that you're going to invest. So I think it's a wonderful, wonderful concept. Okay. So Jenny, you started your first phase. I mean, you've always been in the writing industry per se, that creative component. Now, you recently pivoted your business and it was because you saw a need and there was a need that wasn't satisfied by the marketplace already. So you created something new. I did. Tell us about that because I'm very impressed with this. Thank you. Well, so what happened was I started a company called Author Accelerator. And when we're talking today, this is our sixth year of business. And it originally was going to be was I started this book coaching business. I left my writing business behind because book coaching used so many of my talents. I loved it so much. It was exciting and new and I wanted to be all in on it. And I quickly came to see that my time was limited by the hours in the day. There are only so many clients that I could take. I had a lot of early successes. And so I had a lot of people that wanted to work with me and I couldn't serve them all. So I had the thought of teaching other people how to be book coaches. And I had the great good fortune to encounter a young man who was teaching in the entrepreneurial program at UCLA And he heard me speaking, I was speaking to entrepreneurs about how a book can be a calling card, how it can help you become a thought leader, how for a solopreneur, an entrepreneur or a startup, it's a fabulous way to get your message out and to to be in the world. And in many ways, entrepreneurs are much better suited to write than writers are because they understand that it's a business and they understand the process of trying and failing and iteration and market need and all those things we've been talking about. So I love working with entrepreneurs. So I was doing a speech and he came up to me afterwards and he said, 
it's very unusual to have a creative person working in a creative field with a strategic mindset. And he said, you could scale your process. You have a process, which means you could scale it. Well, I didn't even know what that word meant at the time. I was so not in the entrepreneurial world. I was, I could help an entrepreneur, but I was not in their world. And, and so um, I put him off. I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I don't want to, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was very persistent to his great credit. And we finally did launch this business together because he showed me and convinced me that it could be possible to help other writers and to bring these systems and processes I had developed to, to other people. So we started this business and we built it up pretty quickly and it went really well. At one point we had 32 book coaches working for us. And we were serving hundreds of writers in a program that was working pretty well. But cracks began to appear in that business in a number of ways. Our labor costs were so high that it was hard to make money. I wasn't paying myself. I was working constantly and I wasn't paying myself. I was still paying myself with my own book coaching. And I got really sick. I'm a chronic migraine sufferer and my migraines just went through the roof and I was just stressed out, overwhelmed, sick. It was horrible. And there came a point where I had to look at what I had built and and what I had done and face that it wasn't sustainable. And at that time I did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of looking at the numbers. I did a lot of thinking about the market. As you said, we'd found this need. Writers need help. They need support. They need coaching. It is a thing they absolutely need in this publishing world. So that was not the question, but how we were delivering the service was the question. And so what was interesting was that in serving writers, I had inadvertently built a process for training the book coaches. And I had developed this way of bringing the book coaches on and giving them oversight and helping them learn not just the editorial work of coaching, but the emotional work of coaching, the project management aspect, the pricing aspect, the whole picture of what it takes to work with a writer and successfully help them write their book. And I didn't quite realize this had happened, but we had a waiting list of 120 people who wanted to work for us, who wanted to come and be a book coach with us and get this training and be one of our people. And so I looked at that and I thought, okay, wait a minute, maybe what we've actually built is a book coach training program. So the pivot that we made was instead of serving the writers directly and hiring the book coaches, we pivoted to a company that trains the book coaches and that training is what we sell to them. And then they go out and help the writers. So we're no longer bringing writers in, we're training book coaches and it works so much better for so many reasons. But among the reasons um, that it works better is what you and I were talking about. Now, what I do is I train the coaches to brand themselves and to choose who they're going to serve and how they're going to serve them and to become known their own selves for that. And we get just the most innovative, creative businesses come out of it. You know, a couple examples would be, there's a woman we worked with in England 
who had a long career as a lawyer in banking and finance. And she became a book coach. And her business is focused on helping other lawyers who want to write fiction. They all want to write fiction, it turns out, right? So she built a beautiful business with that particular kind of brand. There's a young woman I've been working with who uh, she's a single mom and she has a great affinity for marginalized writers and helping them raise their voice and get into a publishing industry that is often not welcomed them. And she works on speculative fiction, which is particular kind of fiction where people are imagining a better world. So she has this place where she's serving people writing in that way and a certain kind of writer. And so we help people find their niche and find their brand and find their way of connecting with their writers. I think it's much more effective. It's a much more effective business. It's much more effective for the writers at the end of the day. And I'm not making myself insane. Yeah, I love it. And I I love that you, number one, saw the need and you took action. You didn't hesitate. You saw something out there and you really paved the way for other people to other women. I assume you have men and women book coaches, but you paved the way for them. And I love that you have that strategic side of your brain working as well, because we're very similar in that regards. I have that strategic component alongside the creative side. And to me, that's such a huge bonus and a benefit because so many people don't have that. So the fact that you're using that to strategically place these people in the world for success because they they're set up. They don't have to stress out about it. So it's so, so wonderful. And I want to add before we close out the interview, you started all of this when you were 50 years old. So my point in saying that is not to call out your age, but to call out that we can do whatever our heart desires at any age. You don't have to start something in your 20s and 30s in order to create something to be a success. Maybe you won't be doing it for as long, but this is something. And so many times people establish a new career, a new entrepreneurial journey that they could do into their eighties and nineties, as long as they're healthy. So I think it's beautiful that you've set yourself up for that longevity and that your age didn't hold you back. You weren't afraid to try something new. So I think it's wonderful. I'm such a fan of the mid-career become an entrepreneur thing or midlife because I've seen so many of my friends, empty nest friends, when their kids leave and they feel lost and they feel sad and they maybe have made compromises in their career along the way, or maybe they were a stay-at-home parent or whatever their path is. But I feel like I've just come into my own after age 50 and I all the things that I learned along the way, I'm able to use now and I'm having so much fun and I can't imagine not doing it. And to your point, I think I can do it. My friends are all talking now as we're getting closer to 60. A lot of us are turning 57 this year. They're talking about retiring and I'm sort of panicking like, I don't want all my friends to retire because then they're going to be off doing, you know, retired things. And I'm like, no, I've got work to do. You'll be left out. (laughs) I have no intention of, of stopping. It's too much fun. And I just have to add that we have recently had a 69 year old and someone in their 80s go through our book coach training program. Oh, my gosh. It's been so cool to see this woman in her 80s was running a writing 
program on Cape Cod and she'd been running it for like 30 years. And what she told me is she said, I realize this is what I've been doing all along. So I'm taking the training to sort of uh, formalize it. And, but I've, it's what I've been doing all along. And, and we just, tickled me to death. I thought that's amazing. So, you know, we just happen to be working. It's not like a ballet dancer where you can't do it later. You know, it writing and book coaching is a thing people can do for a long time. So those people are an inspiration to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the 80 ski club, you know, when you see the 80 year old ski, yes. Like, yes, I can do that. Jenny, this has been a great interview. Thank you so much for being here. Will you please tell the listeners where they can find you, learn more about what you do, maybe hire you to be their book coach or to teach them how to be a a book coach and go through your certification program or even just, you know, connect with you and follow you online? Yes. So if people are interested in being coached, the best place to go is authoraccelerator.com. We actually match writers at no cost. So we do the matching to one of our certified coaches, and then you can have a conversation with that coach and see if you think it's a good fit. So we have a process for helping people pick somebody that's great for them. That's at authoraccelerator.com. If someone's interested in becoming a book coach, you can also get there through authoraccelerator.com, but bookcoaches.com is the place to go. And we have a series of videos about what it's like to be a book coach and to start your own business and how that all works. And if somebody is writing nonfiction and interested in working with me on a book proposal, that's for traditional publishers, agents and traditional publishers, they can go to jennynash.com. Wonderful. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.